This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, August 12th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Democrats, $3.5 trillion Manson challenge. Food prices continue to rise and groups target biotech rules. Schumer eyes September 15th for reconciliation. Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer is making it clear he wants the Senate to finish its $3.5 trillion reconciliation package by September 15th. We've got a chance, a good, decent chance of passing the bill, he told reporters yesterday. But shortly after, the Senate overcame the first hurdle in the reconciliation process by passing a budget resolution early Wednesday. Senator Joe Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat, issued a strongly worded statement laying out his reservations about the spending plan. I have serious concerns about the grave consequences facing West Virginians and every American family if Congress decides to spend another $3.5 trillion, he said. He went on, giving the current state of the economic recovery, it is simply irresponsible to continue spending at levels more suited to respond to a Great Depression or Great Recession, not an economy that is on the verge of overheating. As AgriPulse has reported, Democrats on the Senate Ag Committee have already been meeting among themselves to decide how to spend their portion of the bill. Keep in mind, Schumer can't afford to lose a single Democratic vote in the 50-50 Senate, and Democrats hold a razor-thin 220-212 majority in the House. Grocery prices up again in July. Supermarket prices rose seven-tenths percent in July, although inflation may be easing across the broader economy. That according to the latest Consumer Price Index. Grocery prices are up 2.6% over the past 12 months. Prices for meat, poultry, fish, and eggs rose 1.5% in July, which followed a 2.5% increase in June. Prices for cereals and bakery products were up 1.2% last month after declining in June. Fruits and vegetables were the only major food group to see a price decline in July. The overall CPI ticked up a half percent last month after rising nine-tenths percent in June. Vilsack to examine drought in Minnesota. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack heads to Minnesota on Friday to look at the impact of the drought on the upper Midwest. Speaking to reporters yesterday, Vilsack called the conditions there, quote, quite severe. By the way, USDA today to release its closely watched crop production report for August. That report provides the first survey-based estimates for the season for corn and soy production. Rent increases lag sharp rise in land values. Sharp increases in cropland values have so far not translated into higher cash rents for farmers, an American Farm Bureau Federation economist says in assessing the USDA's latest report on land values. Based on a survey conducted in June, the National Agriculture Statistics Service found cash rents were up an average of 1.4% to $141 an acre from 2020, despite a jump in cropland values of 8% to $4,420 an acre, the largest increase since 2013. Farm Bureau economist Michael Nephew 
suggested rents would rise later. He said this tends to be more of a lagging indicator and likely will be reflected in future negotiations that producers have with their landlords, he wrote. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Today's Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, a powerful advocate in Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. We believe environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Consumer advocates and viros fault USDA biotech oversight. Six prominent consumer protection and environmental groups have unveiled principles representing what they call responsible governance of gene editing in agriculture and the environment. They say they're offering the principles outlined in an article in Nature Biotechnology because gene editing, quote, has potential for safe and beneficial applications. New products are being developed rapidly. Regulation and introduction of new products into commerce is controversial, and the lack of appropriate governance could lead to unintended environmental consequences or severely limit its use. The groups called current regulations, quote, inadequate, saying USDA has substantially deregulated gene-edited plants and proposed a similarly minimal oversight system for gene-edited animals. So, what are the principles? Well, effective, science-based government regulation, voluntary best practices that complement regulatory oversight, risk avoidance and delivery of tangible societal benefits, robust, inclusive societal engagement, inclusive access to technology and resources, and transparency on gene-edited products in the environment. The groups are the Center for Science and the Public Interest, Consumer Federation of America, Environmental Defense Fund, the National Wildlife Federation, the Nature Conservancy, and World Wildlife Fund U.S. NCBA Unveiling Sustainability Framework At the Cattle Industry Convention in Nashville today, leaders of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association will be rolling out sustainability goals for the cattle sector. NCBA CEO Colin Woodall tells AgriPulse that the goals were developed, quote, from the standpoint of being a leader among not only cattle producers, but also agriculture. For us, sustainability is not about more rules and regulations. It's about showing all the great work we have done to continually improve the land and our cattle to be able to produce more beef with less, he said. Marty Smith was NCBA's president when the process began and now leads the effort as past president. He says the announcement will include a celebration of progress the industry has already made, as well as a look ahead to what producers have on their agenda. One of the main words that we use is NCBA will demonstrate by that we accept the fact that we've got to prove to the rest of the world, and particularly here in the U.S., We've got to prove that we're doing is right, he said. Telcoms see broadband equipment delays. 
Rural telecom companies are hitting supply chain snags and trying to get fiber technology equipment. Shirley Bloomfield, the CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association, says member companies tell her 30 to 40 percent of their equipment is delayed. She said, quote, I'm being told by my folks and they're being told by large fiber manufacturers there's a 62 to 71 week waiting period to get access to fiber technology. Here's today's He Said It. We've got to convince people that we are good guys in this fight, and we can and will do that. Marty Smith, past president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association on the group's sustainability plan. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, August 12th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.